Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Click track. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father Mike. This is Father Nathan. We are back. Uh, it is a uh, uh, sort of a snow day today. We were supposed to have a scheduled meeting, but due to uh, various uh, things in the world, we are not going to be uh, meeting as a presbyterate for our spring presbyterate meeting. Unprecedented that we would cancel such an important day. Okay, I had to take off my sweater. It was getting hot. It's uh, hey, you seen that shirt before? I did. I'm I'm noticing it's well worn. I got caught the other day. These kids uh, from Franciscan were over at the parish. Uh huh. And um, this this very nice young woman uh, complimented my homily. She does um, go on ca- catechetics major and theology, and she said, "Well, you you incorporated." Uh, catechism of the Catholic Church and Scripture and and the Church architecture and liturgy and I was just like oh yeah okay thank you keep going keep I on. praise and then uh, I t- I told her well if you like that there's a great podcast that I like called Catholic Stuff You Should Know you should check it out and she says a, a podcast that you like. I already know, Father Mike. You're on the podcast. Whoa. Oh, cut. Nice try. It was a shameless plug. I don't do that often, but alas. Father Mike is drinking today super licorice mint. <sighs> it's. Uh, what do you think? It's nice. It's got. Uh, I'm not a huge licorice fan, mm-hmm. but it's sweet. So it kind of cuts the bitter of the licorice. And then yeah. the mint is just right. I feel like it's a great snow day beverage. Snow, snow day beverage. I'm drinking Laura B's um, holiday tea um, because who's uh, Laura B? She sent in a bunch of teas. I let oh. you pick some last time. Remember? So this is uh, this is a friend of yours, not a no. It was a podcast listener. I thought it was a brand. Yeah, I remember we talked about it. She makes the teas. No, no, no. She recommended him. Oh, okay. I thought we already did this on here, but uh, she says unfortunately. I don't know how to choose a good bottle of bourbon or case of beer, but I do know good tea and good chocolate. Here are some of my favorites. Oh, I, th- I, remember I hope that you enjoy B. them, or if not, that your friends do. I should probably caution you that Yorkshire Gold is very strong. I took a tour of the Celestial Seasonings plant. That place is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, the, the, all those, all the smells. And- the mint room. Everybody was like, everybody was running away from that place. Uh huh. And is this I too I, powerful. I could have stayed in there for hours. It's delightful. I wanted to make my nickname in, in high school Mr. Mint. Really? Yeah. He was my favorite character from Candyland. Oh, right. Yeah, Candyland. But, what um, about Candy Candy Cane Lane? Candy Cane Lane. Is there a peppermint? Yeah, that's the that's the tea. But what's the peppermint character? Isn't there a, a separate peppermint character? No? You mean on, uh, on Candyland? Yeah, Candyland. Yeah, it's Mr. Mint. Oh, okay. Yeah, Candy Cane Lane is actually the Celestial Seasonings tea right. that you're thinking of. Right. Yes. Yeah, delightful. I mean, it really is um, a treat. Thank you, Celestial Seasonings. Thank you. In Boulder, Colorado. That's right. So you want to tell them why we have a snow day today? Well, because there's no presbyteral meeting. You well, already told them that. But why, is, why are we having no presbyteral meeting? Because of... 
wait, hold on. I'm going to try to get the technical term. C-O-H-V-D. H-V-D. 19. 19. The coronavirus. Coronavirus. Which, I don't know. Does it look like a crown? Why is it called coronavirus? I have I have not done that kind of research. Wuhan means crown or something. Oh, really? No, I don't know. Oh. Is that where it came from? The Wuhan province? I thought so. Hunan? Hunan. That's Hunan, it. Hunan, not Wuhan. Wuhan is like a restaurant. Yeah. Dish. Well, that's, yeah. So we got a virus going around. It's a pandemic. It is officially a pandemic. President Donald Trump was on the news yesterday saying there will be no more air travel from Europe to the United States. For 30 days. And it's present in Summit County. I don't know if it's elsewhere in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. There's 30 cases in a lot of different places. Oh, really? Yep. So, I mean, uh, I... I have to say, at a at a discreet, unknown, unrevealed location, I delivered goods at a safe distance to our priests and deacons who are in self quarantine because they got out of the um, they got out of Europe just in time, um, oh. and and now they are self quarantined in an undisclosed location. Oh. So they needed bell peppers, onions, Cholula. Um, I always veggie, thought, veggie pizzas. I always thought that hot sauce would be a good cure for, it's kind of a cure-all. But that might be in my head. It's like a Father, psychosomatic thing. Father Dave Johannes, whenever he would start to feel sick, would go get really spicy pho. And he said it would clear out his sinuses and he always felt better. See? So. Well, um, I'm worried about Father Dan Eusterman. Was he there? Yep. Yes. I saw him at a safe distance. Okay. I'm happy to um, him. That he's safe. Father uh, Tom Shear, De- Deacons Chris Marbury and Peter Sursich. Oh, they got out in time. They out, out in time, but they, you know, I delivered to them some board games um, and some bell uh, peppers. Some bell peppers. Well, good for you. Thanks for doing that. I mean, it was it was the least I could do for those guys. Yes, they're oh, they're living so that's a, a good father. They're living a two week. Um, retreat of sorts i was very proud of them they are they are taking mornings in silence okay so they get up they do holy hour or mass or something like that and then it's silent in the house until noon and then wow. they have lunch together and then it's just sort of fellowship so, so it is a corona retreat corona retreat well so, i think a lot of us are taking a corona retreat it's like canceled meeting we're canceling stations at the cross Lords is canceling Stations of the Cross. Father Nathan has not made that decision yet. All right, Father Nathan. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of those difficult kind of lines that you're walking where there's a question of what is prudent right now. You know, how much of this is a scare? How much of it is, you know, serious? And how afraid should we be? They say the young shouldn't be afraid, but we at Mass you got old people, you got young people, you got kids. Right. You know, yeah, I, I fish fries canceled, pancake breakfast canceled, soup supper canceled, uh, breakfast burrito Sunday canceled. No, not yeah. that. I'm sorry, we've got to protect people, Mike. Donald Trump Is had that his, a Knights of Columbus thing for you guys. No, actually, well, normally I should say the Knights of Columbus uh, do pancake breakfast with breakfast burritos, and they do an excellent job. Um, and. I said to our youth group, um, shout out to Jane Dixon and Zachary Zaldivar hey, and Emily 
uh, Gabwa, okay, uh, from um, uh, Risen Christ. They uh, they did a retreat together, or whatever. We were talking about the breakfast burritos, but I said you guys should do a fundraiser and sell breakfast burritos after mass. And they said, great idea, Father. And then coronavirus, oh. and now the fundraiser is no more. The virus in the green chili. True. Well, okay. Let me see. I'm trying to get an eye for the time here. You know who I saw yesterday? Father Gail Hammerschmidt. What? Where? He's in town. He was at Christ in oh the City. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but he's it's spring break, so he brought his uh, Kansas kids over. What? Shout out to the Kansas kids. I am not giving a shout out to Father Gail Hammerschmidt. No text ever appeared on my phone. Oh, I know. He was trying to play it low-key. I just ran into him because I was hanging out with the Christ in the City crew. He is the granddaddy of prayer in action. You know that? Yeah, he is. He is the one that, that founded it, and in part, like, it, you know, an offshoot. I don't know if we can completely say the offshoot is Christ in the City, but, I mean, a daughter of the fruit of, uh, you know, his prayer desire. Prayer in action. Yeah. That's Father Gail, Gail Hammerschmidt, the chaplain at... Kansas State University. Well, my question Manhattan. is: My question is, has uh, University of Kansas's uh, chaplain, Father Mitchell Zimmerman, extended uh, an apology to the chaplain of Kansas State, Father Gail Hammerschmidt, after the brawl between KU and Kansas State, in which one of the KU players picked up a, ben- a cha- chair, like a what is the things called, like those? I don't know, like a, a little chair, and he a was chair. he was going to hit the guy. Oh boy! Yeah, but he didn't do it. Did he get suspended? He did get out? suspended, but I mean, like where charity and love do dwell, my brother. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, all right, Jayhawks, Jayhawks need to you know extend the olive branch, perhaps. There you go. And the chaplain again? It's not Blaha. Father Mitchell Zimmerman. Okay, Father Mitchell, you got it. I saw That's, him. The, I saw him at the, the um, challenge. Has been. That's right. I would just like to see, you know, an, an extension of peace, you know? Yeah, I feel that. What are, well, those, what are those things called? You know what I'm talking about where it's like a little circle and then there's legs? Yeah, I'm thinking of like a camp chair, but I know what you're talking about. It's a stool. stool. It's a stool. Stool. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody's yelling yeah. into their radios right now. I don't know. Anywho. Some days... We're discussing coronavirus today, I think. Well, no, we're not discussing coronavirus. Okay, we're we're, we're going to discuss the original, the OG, oh, secret fear, OGVF, the original viral fear. Yeah, kind of viral, but um, that that enemy that lurks below. Hmm. Leviathan. Leviathan. <laughs> nice. Oh, you got it. Yes. Leviathan. The Leviathan, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about is the Leviathan. Okay. So the, do you tell us what the Leviathan is. Oh, well, uh, the only thing I know is the Leviathan appears a few times in the Psalms mm-hmm. as well as, I think, in Daniel. Job. Um, Job? Yeah, once in Isaiah, but a few times in Job. Okay, so yes, Job. And it talks about how God is the one who released the Leviathan, mm. as well as tames the Leviathan. Yes. Um, so uh, sort of a mythical sea creature, like a, uh, a terrifying beast that dwelled below the, the chaos of the undulating waters. Ooh. Um, 
other this, than that, that that's really poetic i don't know if it's anything like a uh like a leo what is it a neoplerodon you know like a dinosaur or if it's just sort of like a what do you call it a neuropleathon uh, n- like a neoplerodon is that what it's called it's like a big platypus yeah like a big like dinosaur a, a big dinosaur looking thing you know that swam in the ocean i think it's depicted similarly so there, there's iconography of the Leviathan. Yeah, usually it's depicted as because it, the the scriptures talk about the Levi the Leviathan dwelling in the deep, like mm-hmm. you said. You know? Yeah, and um, it's almost like Loch Ness. We don't know yeah, exactly. It's Loch Ness. We don't know what exactly it is, but we know it's there, and we just haven't. We yeah, haven't but seen Nessie it. is, I think, a peaceful dinosaur. We and, think, and this one is not peaceful. It's a threat. By a, you know, like by definition, Leviathan is dangerous. Is that what that that word means, Leviathan? Now, Leviathan is a Hebrew word that means um, kind of like a twisted one. Ooh, twisted, and it's it's serpentine the uh-huh. way that it's described in the sure scriptures. Mm-hmm. So they, there's kind of a, there's a speculation. There's always speculation about where do these things come from before the Bible, and there's um, there's a loton. Uh, this beast, mythical beast that dwells under the water hmm. in Ugaritic myth. You know, you love this old Levantine myths. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I always put my nieces to bed, just telling <laughs> them a few Ugaritic myths. Yes. And in those myths, Baal Hadad kills and slays the Leviathan. Whoa. But I think it was probably just known as this, this ancient beast that dwells under the water. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, it's depicted as a dragon sometimes. Sometimes it's depicted like a big shark kind of looking thing. Yeah, it's reptilian for sure. Yeah. And some in the scriptures, that you, it describes some um, kind of slimy and uh, slithering and uh, scales, you know. So it's it's described as something like a crocodile or a snake or... They, it eventually is this dragon, right? Smaug. Smaug. Underwater, though. This is like the scuba snaug. Sma- Sc- scuba scuba, scuba smaug. <laughs> scuba smaug. Oh, uh, if you're looking for a name for your next pet, scuba smaug scuba is now on the board. Uh, only if it breathes smoke. Um, did I ever tell you I had a newt? No, we had a salamander in third grade. Yeah. No, fourth grade. Yeah. Classroom. Yeah. Um, what's, a, what's the difference between a salamander and a newt? A newt is a salamander. It yeah. is? Yeah. Um, I think it's just a specific kind. Is it less slimy? I remember that salamander was slimy. Mm, uh, he definitely needed to be moist. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, his name was Duke. Duke the Nuke. Duke the Newt. Um, I had him for I think a grand total of two weeks. Oh no! Um, and then Got I think coronavirus. I think uh, my little brother William and his best friend Brad Wheeler um, took Duke out to play with, and oh, no. um, uh, he never got back into his aquarium. And so I found his um, very dry carcass oh. under my um, what's it called um, my dresser 
Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was. Nathan, it was that's that's rough. It was okay. I, I actually... What's I, your reaction with these things? Did you cry? Did you get mad? I was mad, yeah. I was kind of mad. I thought, you know, like, you're always looking for w- what pet is going to be mine, you know, my, my thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you had friends that were bird people, you know, and you yeah. had friends that had bunnies or... You yeah, know. little Billy Simmons, he had a uh, crocodile at one point. What? Cayman, uh, alligator. Cayman alligator. And then he had a hedgehog. And then he traded in the the alligator because it was getting too big. Yeah. For an iguana. How did, I mean, how did um, how did he keep a caiman for that long? Well, you got to have a big tank, like a big fish tank. Whoa. Like an iguana tank. Yeah. And then uh, you feed it like uh, goldfish and stuff. It was wow. it was kind of a cool pet. That would have been. We didn't have pets. We just had, there were so many kids in our family. Though. Sure. They said no pets. And then my parents eventually got a dog when the kids were out of the house. Yeah. And I thought they would never go for that because they don't like the animals. No, it's not that. They were just busy with stuff. Sure. And now they just love that dog. That dog runs around and ah, eats scraps from the counter. Scraps. Yeah. It's a shame. I don't think it's a poorly behaving dog. Whatever. Poorly trained. Take that. So, the okay. Le- Leviathan. So we're we're back with the Leviathan. The snarly, twisted creature, scuba smaug. Yeah, dangerous under the water. Mm-hmm. So water itself in um, scriptural times in an area was yeah. a symbol of chaos. Yes. Destruction, danger. Yep. Most people didn't swim. So if you go out on a boat, you got to be careful. Um, now the fishermen of Galilee, they probably swam. I think Jesus, I don't know. I don't know if he did or not, but he used to go around in the boat enough. He could walk on water. He didn't need to swim. True. That yeah. dude just walks on water. I'm, my guess is our lady was, was, uh, f- you know, thinking enough to, to give him a little, you know, lessons. Yeah. You know, he probably picked up on it quick too. He's God. Okay. So you got the Leviathan. It's probably living in the Mediterranean, but probably not the Sea of Galilee. But water itself is deep. It's mm-hmm. dark. Don't know what goes on down there. And there's just dangerous things. Mm-hmm. You pluck stuff out of there that look kind of cr- kind of crazy. Wild. You know? Yeah. And there's also, like, stories that go around of things that people have seen, like this Loch Ness Monster, maybe, like, an ancient photograph. Somebody had sketched something that they sure. had seen, and then they're passing it around. And so it's hard to tell, is this like a conviction of the people? This is a beast that dwells in the thing, or is it meant to be a symbol? Um, Definitely like the poets who wrote the the Old Testament scriptures already are thinking of it as this is when God interacts with this Leviathan, Leviathan is like a symbol for evil and darkness and the things that can threaten us, like the causes of fear. The great causes of fear in life. So, yeah, like you said, there's mention of in Job, one of the ways that that God is telling Job to be humble is that he says, well, did you make the heavens and the earth? Right. Did you make all the birds of the sky and the people and all that stuff? Did you make all the great things? Sea monsters. Like the Leviathan and the behemoth. And, yeah, the monsters of the world. And God is saying, no, I made that stuff. I did it. Right? So you can't you can't be so controlling about your life. And that's one of the answers to the like 
Job's wrestling. And you, you may or may not be satisfied with this answer, but mm-hmm. part of it was just, you don't know everything. You can't like understand everything, even with your own life and your own suffering and sure. all of these things that Job was um, trying to figure out. He's, part of it is God has this this perspective that's so much bigger than human perspective. Okay. He so can even see what's going on under the deep. Yeah. 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 Everywhere. Nothing escapes his, his vision. Nothing escapes his hand, creating hand. Yeah. Well, that and that moves into the <clears throat> the... The Leviathan as this big threat that in the Psalms, the Psalms celebrate God having tamed the beast, having conquered the beast. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the God who split the sea and uh, chained the ancient beast. And that's just mentioning, okay, not only did God create this thing, but everything is under God's control. We don't need to be afraid of this thing if you're with God mm. or else you... At first, maybe you still need to be afraid of it, but at least God doesn't. You know, God is yeah. bigger than these things. And to praise or, or to kind of recognize what is amazing in the world, like the, the psalmist is doing, then you can praise God for his uh, infinite power and his creative genius. And um, this is kind of like um, looking out for everyone. You know, it's good to have something that's bigger than the big things that we fear. Mm-hmm. So Veggie Tales, man. God is bigger than the boogeyman. Is it? Yeah. Which one is Remember that? Remember that one? No. That's oh, the song they sing? Yeah, about? they sing God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. What is a boogeyman? Boogies are like what we call boogers. Yeah, boogie is like he he scares you. That's the scary Boo. guy. Yeah. Is, is he in the closet or the... He's under your bed. Under the bed. Yeah, he's hiding in your windows. He's snatching your people up. Yeah. So <laughs> hide your hide your wife. Hide your yeah. Kids. Hide your kids. Yeah. <laughs> boogeyman. The boogeyman is coming. All right. So you got Leviathan, and everybody lives with fears, right? There's stuff that we can't see that we are worried. You know, it's it's almost irrational, isn't it? You know, there is something of well, there's a coronavirus out there. And we know it's there, but you can't see it. And you don't know who's got it. Yeah. And you don't know what if you're supposed to walk around afraid. You don't know if you need to like sanitize your hands a hundred times a day or if you need to stay in your house. Right. Like the world can be scary. And there's causes of fear, right? Yes. And then there's also also lots of irrational things that people fear, right? Like superstitions. There's asteroids. You can get yeah, asteroids. This, this gray wolves. Did you hear about this? No, gray, I don't know that I want to. Gray wolves <laughs> were spotted in Moffat County. Oh, really? You know what the only thing... I think John Klausner brought him back. Do you know what the only thing that can f- defeat a uh, gray wolf is? A Moffat County bulldog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bulldogs. Yeah, so, I mean, there are... What was their, what, what's their slogan? Moffat County Bulldogs get in line. <laughs> get in line. So yeah, I mean, there's legitimate things that people are afraid of, you know. And then there's there's irrational things, you know. But I mean, you know, those are some of the examples of things that no, you can legitimately be afraid of that. I mean, yeah. I know somebody right now who's got a cancer diagnosis, and they just have no idea what's going on yeah. in their own body, and they're 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 afraid of that. But then there's other people that are like, I don't want robbers to come into my house. I'm like, right? Well, how do you? But how do you know? Like, right. I mean, you certainly need to take precautions and whatever else, but 
I mean, legitimately, like you're you're afraid of that. So yeah, and there's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of irrational fears. Yeah, uh, God is bigger than any of those, you know, and um, and it's it's not just like a um, you know kind of here's wishful thinking like okay it will help you to live in more peace if you recognize that there is something or if you think that there is something bigger mm-hmm. you know that might be true there is some something cathartic about that but in fact god is bigger than something like cancer something very dangerous yes right now we don't want to take it for granted as if we can con- control god you fix this then why don't you fix this right? yes yeah but there is something of um a uh, trust that the Christian lives with that um, recognizes that God has created everything and God is sovereign over everything, you know? Um, okay, so back to the Leviathan. So you got, you got God who's, who's greater than this, this threat, you know? And this becomes an image for the New Testament of the primal and most... Um, I don't know, poignant, uh, what, what do you call it? most powerful of things to fear, right? This becomes an image of both the devil, um, the serpent, the ancient serpent in the garden, and also um, the image of death. You know, this is a, a representative of the scariest things in life. Mm-hmm. And in the book of Revelation, the dragon comes back and is destroyed what? in chapter 12, right? You remember that? Oh, yeah. He sweeps a third of the stars out of the sky with yeah, his tail. Yeah, that's a big dragon. It's a big, ta- it's a big dragon. It's a big tail. So in, in, in Hebrew, this Leviathan, uh, or, the, or the, the beast is called Leviathan. In Greek, in the Septuagint, it's called the dracon. Dracone. Right. So this is where the the dragon term comes from. And Draco Malfoy. The dragon boy. Yep. That's it. The dragon evildoer. Isn't that what is the name of their what's the name of their uh house? Slytherin. Yes, serpents. 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 Um yeah, they're scary things. Scary things. Yeah. And um the book of Revelation talks about how God conquers the scary things. Yeah. Maybe that's an image. I don't know how you, how do you interpret it? Is it an image of what's been done? Is it an image of what's going to happen? Mm. Is it an image of what's happening? Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, uh, we have, we have a, a, a plethora, you might say, of funerals at St. Joan of Arc. And uh, they get an opportunity to choose the various readings and everything. And every once in a while, people will choose that reading from uh, Isaiah, where it says, on that holy mountain, the Lord will provide, you know, a a rich food, you know, juicy, rich food and choice wines. Mm. And he will destroy the veil that covered them forever. He will destroy death forever. Yes. And uh, I'm, they're proclaiming this over someone who is dead in the coffin or in the urn and i always think it's interesting because it's like is this something that he has done is doing or will do yeah and i and i i would just say um it's a beautiful vantage point because i would say looking at it from from any angle you can see that there's hope 
So if you say God did destroy death, then in some sense we are living out of uh, these final days where, you know, we have confidence that, you know, it will come, the eventual victory will come. He is defeating death, even though we can't, we can't see it, um, and that persons are being saved um, even as we speak, and not necessarily from illnesses or car accidents or physical deformities or whatever, but like God is ransoming people to himself through the work of reconciliation. Or the last one, which I, I think there, there, there's a level with which we do want to see it forever, you know, and they lived happily ever after. We are waiting for that day when it will be, there will be no more, no more wailing yeah. or pain. Uh, he will wipe every tear from every person's eye. I mean, that that is... And we pray for the dead. Yeah. So death has been conquered. And those earliest Christians, you remember in the catacombs, when the tombs were marked with um, with the word born on this day. Hmm. They didn't have died on this day. The tombs were marked born on this day, which means born into everlasting life. It was their death day. Wow. But it wasn't about their birth into this world. It was their birth into the next world. And they celebrated that. And it was it was a brag of the ancient Christians, you know, the people around us, they don't believe in they don't believe in afterlife. They don't believe in everlasting life. Yeah. Or it's something scary and it's kind of half of us that is certainly not life the way that we enjoy it now how would they write the tombstone then was it was it born 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 into e born into life this day born into eternal life this no day? all they put is the the n with the cross oh just end yeah yeah but then, then the pagan tombs were all marked with like uh, m like more like mortem or whatever wow hmm. so that was the christian thing it was like mocking death and Paul says something like that, right? Why are you guys afraid of death? We don't die, we sleep. We already died, you yeah. know? And then we pray for the dead. So there is something of like a continuity and um, something that's not finished, like you say, that's going to be even completed at some point. Yeah. Okay, so there is, um, Old Testament treats it the same way. You know, you had... Um, God in this in the Psalms has triumphed over this beast. You know, we hear of this something in the past. And then you also have Isaiah in chapter 27 verse 1 who talks about God uh pu- punishing and destroying the Leviathan in the future. Okay, so this becomes like an eschatological image. This is something that people hope for and that can be fulfilled one day. It says, in that day, the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. Hmm. And I think Revelation is playing on on that image that this day has come, that through the child of this woman who was destined to crush the head Hmm. of the serpent from the Garden of Eden, the the dragon is slain, you know, but revelation has that crazy tension like we're talking about of being both the story of Jesus that's happened, the victory that he's won, mm-hmm. and also the story of the church and its liturgy and its connection with God from on earth. And then also of the future of this perfect wedding feast of the lamb 
that's going to come about. So unfortunately, this question, the answer is really, like you said, yes. You know, it's all of these things mm-hmm. wrapped up. And, uh, but it can be, you can focus on different points to learn things, to live in, in, uh, in certain realities and to pray differently. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to read, I was reading Jean Danielou. Jean Danielou. Your favorite, uh, what do they call it? Ressourcement? Yeah. The, uh, restoring the voice of the fathers of the church, the beginning of the 20th century. Okay. He says this about, um, my sister's calling. Shout out, Marsha. I can't answer it right now. Marsh. Okay, so he, uh, he, he reports this about um, baptism. I'm reading through this stuff about baptism. Ooh, yeah. It says this. Cyril, yes. Cyril of Jerusalem shows us that the descent into the baptismal pool is, as it were, a descent into the waters of death. Right. Which are the dwelling place of the dragon of the sea. Right. As Christ went down into the Jordan to crush the power of the dragon who was hidden there. The dragon Behemoth, according to Job, writes Cyril. Now, Behemoth and Leviathan are kind of intertwined here. Mm -hmm. The dragon Behemoth, according to Job, writes Cyril, was in the waters and was taking the Jordan into his gullet. But as the heads of the dragon had to be crushed, Jesus, having descended into the waters, chained fast the strong one so that we might gain the power to tread on scorpions and serpents. Mm. That's the end of one of the Gospels, right? Mark. Yeah, he says... He says, go now and baptize and tread on the serpents and the scorpions. Life came so that, this is Cyril again, life came so that henceforth a curb might be put on death and so that all who have received salvation might say, oh death, where is your victory? For it is by baptism that the sting of death is drawn. You go down into the waters bearing your sins, but the invocation of grace having marked your soul with its seal will prevent your being devoured by the terrible dragon. Having gone down into the waters dead in sin, you came out, brought to life in justice. Okay, and then he's he's going to talk about the... So you go down into the waters, and then you come out, and he's talking about both preparation and baptism. So he's going to mention something about the oil, and then we'll talk about it. Let me read that quote. Hmm. Um, he says... Okay, now i got to find it. Ancient Christianity prescribed at this point an anointing of the whole body, but what was the meaning of this ceremony? We are given instruction on this point by the Greek prayer... For blessing and baptismal water. Thou, thou hast sanctified the waters of the Jordan by sending from on high thy Holy Spirit, and thou hast crushed the, the heads of the dragons hidden therein. This text is a clear witness to the belief that the depths of the waters were the dwelling of diabolical powers, and that Christ had conquered them by his baptism. And it was for this victory, victorious struggle against the power of darkness that the candidates for baptism were prepared by receiving a symbolic anointing. So anointing is a strengthening, and then you go down into the waters. And the image is you you join Jesus to go down into the waters to grab that Leviathan by the neck and to pluck it out and destroy that thing and destroy it for good. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one who has conquered death, has conquered the devil, and it is done. You know, the beast no longer lurks under the waters. The world has changed. Something has really changed. That can't be undone, you know. The Christians live in a world that's different than it would be without without Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? And when we're baptized, we rise to a life that's different, that doesn't have the same fears and doesn't have the same beast that plagues us and comes after us. Uh, he goes into the to the other rites of the baptism, 
And I like this part where he goes, he, he's talking about um, how the earliest church looked at this ritual of renunciation. Do you renounce Satan and all his vain works, his works and yeah. all his empty promises? Mm-hmm. And there's a line in there in the early church that is probably part of that vain works is and all of his pomps. Yes. And the image is the devil leading a parade and everybody going out there and partying because this is great and this is fun and everything. But you get roped in and you get destroyed in that uh, in the pomps of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens before before baptism, but you're prepared for a life that in in some way <clears throat> shares with the mission of Jesus, that Christianity is here and the Christians are here both to testify that the ancient foe has been destroyed. This is done. There is nothing to fear any longer. You know, um, West Nile is gone, right? Um, And then on the other hand, it's like, well, you slay the Leviathan, but there's still a little few minions left. It's like they've all been imprisoned. But if you go around the prison, then you're going to hear them taunting and jeering and saying stupid stuff, trying trying to incite fear. But Jesus is in control. And there's just a process of tracking down those little things and and destroying them. Yep. But I think um, part of why I want to bring that up is because I know that a lot of people um, watch these, well, people live in fear. Um, And there's a lot of like misconceptions about what we should fear and what we shouldn't fear. And there's like a continuum for Christians about how you should address evil. And I think... I mean, that's we're always falling in some place of saying, okay, this has been conquered, and then we have to be careful. Like, don't be stupid, um, because there's still little sneaky demons running around, mm-hmm. you know, uh, causing trouble. And and then I, but I want to stress, the Christians do not live in fear. We're the ones who have gone down into the deep, and we reign with the with the one who reigns, yeah, and who has conquered, yeah. Jesus has conquered the world. He has conquered the devil. And the Christian does not have to live in fear. Yeah. We can't be bullied by anything. We can't be afraid of anything. And I've seen, I've seen an uptake. It's like a kind of a trending thing. And this is where I'm going to get a little controversial. But um, trending thing about spiritual warfare and um, where people are really interested in this and like getting scared. Like people have been coming to me and talking to me, asking me questions, and I can see it inciting fear. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear going around yeah. when people get into that world, and fear is not of God. It's not of God. Fear, perfect love casts out all fear. That's Jesus. Yeah. Casts out fear. You're not meant to live in fear. Yeah. And my, uh, and and so wh- one reason I want to stress and and kind of make this point on this show is that we have gone through that. And we are on the other side of something that has been destroyed. That we're not supposed to live with shaky legs, hoping to survive. We're supposed to be conquerors, live and 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 a witness to the rest of the world that you don't have to be afraid. Right. That life could be scary, but we're not scared. Yeah. Uh, because we're with Jesus. I think. And then on that on uh, on the point of the 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 kind of lingering evil spirits. Mm-hmm. I think it's best to leave it up to the experts, you know? Sure. It's not like if there's you know, nuclear fallout, 
and you, you got to let the, the experts take care of the rest of the stuff. You know, if there's asbestos, you could figure out, you could watch a YouTube uh, DIY and mm. or watch an expert take it out, but don't go mess with it. True. It's not, it's not for you. It's yeah. not smart. There was a seminarian that went and tried to do uh, deliverance prayers over the radiator in seminary because it was clanging. Do you remember that? Remember this, the radiator no, in, the, in the back of oh, the chapel? Oh, I remember chapel? the radiator. be yeah. like, ding, it's an old you know? building. Yeah, yeah, and and he thought that it was like evil spirits, so he like ran up to it and started right. that casting kind of it stuff. Out. It's silly, and it incites fear. Okay, you know? people get confused. Right? Yeah, I mean, I just have a couple comments on what you're saying. I really like it. Um, I I think it's great. I mean, it falls in a lot of what we talked about before. But um, one, I think that we actually we stir up the things that we should be afraid of like our opponents um so the the point that i thought he was going to make in that uh, don Yalu in that in that article i remember reading that they would actually um disturb the water mm, you yeah. actually had a guy whose job was to swirl the water oh, so yeah. that it wasn't just like this like simple little pool and whatever else like it was like there was like a whirlpool in there and sin will bring you down. I remember Ooh, yeah. when I was a kid once over at um, this this kid's this kid's house. He had an above ground pool, and it was pretty small. So we got three people together, and we just kept walking around it for like over an hour until finally, like there was a tide. There was like a rip tide that would actually carry you around Whoa. the thing and like pull Turned you into, into a ride, pull you into the center and everything. So we would actually excite. The things that were like, no, this is we're gonna get it worked up because we're gonna we're gonna tear it we're gonna tear it down, yeah, you know. And so there's always a part of people that's afraid when we say, and now we're gonna renew our baptismal promises and re- and reject Satan. And they're like, well, you you don't say that, yeah. We we don't say that. It's like, no, we actually do, and we're not afraid of him. He has no power here, and we're gonna witness his defeat in this in this sacrament. Yeah. And the, the, for you to go down into that water, like, it's actually like, he's down there, so just get him. I mean, as somebody who wrestled an alligator before. I have. I mean, you know, you got to grab it. Yeah, you grab it by the tail. You drag it out, <sighs> and then you There is no way I could do that. submission. There is no way I could do that. There's no way. I don't think it's not very wise, children. Sure. But uh, Father Mike did wrestle alligators at one point. If you look it up near Crestone, Colorado, you can do it. But uh, we actually say, this is what you're going to face in there. We're going to give you strength to do it. Now go do it. Yeah. And um, and I think that it's important for Christians to hear the words, we will do battle um, and we will fight. A couple, couple of days ago was the feast of uh, Felicity and uh, Perpetua, Perpetua and Felicity. Yeah. And the martyrdom story in that always strikes me because... Um, I can't remember some tough chicks. I can't remember which one it was, but she goes, when are they going to, when are they going to release the beasts? And like, she didn't realize that she'd already been, she'd already been, yeah. yeah, Like mauled by this leopard or whatever. And she looks down and there's blood all over and she's just like, whatever, Yeah, you know? Yeah. When are they going to try to hurt us? Yes. So those are the saints. And I would say that we're not saints yet. And it's important for us to hear those stories so that we can say, what should I fear? You know, the Lord is my light and my my refuge. Whom should I be afraid? 
Mm-hmm. When evil draws near, when evil doers draw near to devour my flesh, it is they, my enemies and foes, who stumble and fall. Those words aren't just sort of like, oh, that's nice. That's your little story. Now go to bed. It's like in the midst of the the tempest, you have to call out to God and say, you deliver me. Because you are the one, ultimately, yeah. through whom I have power. So when we try to do it on our own, that's what I would caution is sometimes people say, well, I'm a Christian. I can do this. You know, watch this. And I'm like, no, no, you cannot do anything apart from Jesus. And if you're yeah. trying to do this apart from Jesus, it's not going to work. Um, so a friend of mine, a friend of mine texted, she's like, how am I supposed to deal with, how am I supposed to deal with suffering? And I said, the same way you deal with anything, you bring it to Jesus, yeah. you know? So I, I would just, I would commend yeah, that's right. I would commend all all the people, you know, who are listening to lay hold of their baptismal identity in which you once rejected Satan and all his pomps and empty show and turned to the east to face the resurrected Lord. Yeah. But that's it. That's a, it's the resurrected Lord. And maybe that's my point is you're not turning into as a Christian, now I'm in now I'm in trouble. Because I've gone to war with the... No, this devil has been at war with humanity for all of time. And Mm -hmm. you were susceptible to being destroyed. And we were weak. We had no no defense. So it's not like, okay, now that you're going to be religious, now you're going to be taking on something. No, it's... but, But we live with the conqueror. And you're right. Jesus does say... He says, don't fear the one who can hurt your body. Fear the one who can take you down to hell. Yeah. So... He said he's saying be smart, you know, be wise, be prudent, and um, and that we have to renew that commitment regularly. Do you renounce the devil? And yet, I I think there's there's something there about living in the confidence of the life of Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit in us means living with this conviction that nothing can take us down. Yeah, and um, and. Nothing can take down the church. Nothing can take down anything that Jesus has won. Yeah, by His blood, and I would and also by His victory. I would also say that I mean, sometimes people get into this unrighteous fear around you know, uh, I mean, I'll just say it: the Holy Father, um, yeah. or President Trump. You know, and they just say, or oh, your lo- local pastor. It's or over. Whatever. Yeah. It's over. Like you know, we're we're seeing the end. What are we gonna do? Whatever. I'm like the same thing we always do. You know. The program for Lent hasn't changed just because of coronavirus. Pray, fast, give alms, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to cancel a bunch of things. So, like I said, um, you know, fish fry canceled, whatever. I'm not just living in... Uh, there's there's a mean between two extremes. You know, courage is in between uh, unrighteous fear, you know, just cowardice, and foolhardiness. So we're not just fools just, you know, saying, no, everybody come, even if you're sick, come. So fish fry canceled, whatever, no problem. But we do sandwiches for the homeless first or last Tuesday of the month Yeah, uh, for Holy Ghost Sandwiches. And I said, we're not canceling that. Mm. And all the people that make it are old. And I'm like, you know what? Better to go down swinging than, you know, like in your bed with your hand sanitizer and, you know, trying to figure out if this is going to be all right. So be prudent. Yeah. Wise as serpents. Yes. Gentle as doves. Innocent as doves. So there's a picture. Um, well, and I guess just don't go looking for, don't go looking for fear. 
maybe that's really what I want to what I want to communicate is don't go looking for fear. There's this image if you if if it helps at the end of Revelation, where the the visionary John is taken to um, this height. And he's looking at the at the city of Babylon being destroyed. Babylon. And he the the angel he's he's fascinated by the destruction of Babylon. Babylon, and he had seen this Babylon become great, filled with riches and trade and 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 pleasure and all of these things that he's kind of like, oh well, yeah, I'm glad they're being destroyed because God has got to put an end to yeah. that or whatever. And the angel finally tells him. Why are you staring at this stuff? What are you doing? You know, and he turns his he turns his vision away from that, and to the New Jerusalem. Huh. Uh, but I love that question. Why Why are you staring at that? Like, what does that do? And part of that is just don't go looking for don't go looking for the fear and the evil. That's a part of the devil's pomp. I think he likes mm-hmm. to show, he likes to dance around, have these you know chainsaw movies out there and just yeah. give you the impression that devil has a, a stronger hold on you right. than it does. Yeah. People are fascinated. I mean, even non-Catholics with, you know, the, you know, exorcisms and everything else. Yeah. And it's just like, it's actually really quite boring. You know? Yeah. You don't need to get into it. So. Um, a, lo- a last image, Jonah and the Leviathan. Ooh. Okay. Early in the church, some of the earliest depictions of Jesus if you go to Rome and look around the catacombs, are Jesus coming shooting out of the whale nice. like a superhero, like flying out toward the beach. And um, the images, you know, here's Jonah who was under the water of death for, right. for you know, in the belly of the whale. It, he had gone down to death, gone down into the waters, and then he survives. And the image... He's kind of doctored up, so it's not just Jonah being, blah, you know, like, whoa, Spat up. he made it. But it's like that Jesus just destroyed that fish right. and came victoriously out of nowhere. Yep. So, guess yeah. old Leviathan. Well, in the middle friend. of Lent, that's good to hear. You know, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we're not in the middle of, you know, pandemonium, pandemic, yeah. pandemic or whatever. So. Well, and I don't, I mean, we use the 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 coronavirus as an intro, but I don't know that it necessarily directly applies. So you don't have to figure out what exactly how, what the connection is. I'm really talking about evil. There have been things and causes of fear that, and, and the courage of the Christian, the strength of the Christian. Every, every year there's something else, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Good. Awesome. I love it, dude. I'm we're, we're, we're rocking it. Father John didn't like it because the other day, you and I get did a great podcast together, and we were complimenting each other. And he goes, he goes, you guys sound totally lame because, like, oh, you did great. No, oh, you, you did no, great. No, you did great. Best. I no, said, you, you know what, John? At some point, you just feel it, and you you don't gotta hate. You just gotta appreciate. That's you know. It, that's so I mean, it. folks. Sometime. You know what though? Here, I gotta have to, you know, throw him under the bus. Nice. When we were leaving, I'll drive that bus. When we were leaving and coming over to see Father Chris and have dinner with you guys, John and I in the car. We were doing the same thing. Oh, man, that was great. You did such a good job. Oh, dude, that, that was genius. That oh, little piece yes. right there. That little, we were doing the same thing. So don't let him get away with that. Father John, is his love language is words of affirmation. And I don't do a good job of words of affirmation. So I will just say, Father John, I love podcasting with you. And nice. Father Mike, this is a great podcast. 
there you go awesome we got a couple shout outs uh we got to give thanks and praise to uh two uh louisianians uh for sending king cakes our way uh so fathers i'm a big fan of the show thank you for everything you do i much appreciate how you made theology more accessible and relatable cassie key uh from shreveport louisiana louder king cakes and then the other one i want to say hey y'all that's <laughs> not even close to <laughs> kind of yeah true true cajun yeah they say le bon temps roule. Roule. Uh I don't know who else got it. Um, so uh, I think it's Tabitha Broussard. Um, it there wasn't a note in there. Um, I'm just looking at the FedEx box, um, but there's an e card. But uh, I I just need to access the e card. So um, I will I will do that. And if I if it wasn't Tab- Tabitha. I will figure it out, but she ordered one uh, from someone else, some other king cake. The the, the funny thing was there were Is two. That the, that's the one with the little Jesus. Exactly. If you, if you find the little Jesus, you have to host the party. Yeah, you got to buy the king cake next okay. year. Okay. So um, I gave, I shared the king cakes with uh, the Colorado School of Mines kids, um, and uh, I said, if you find the ki- if you find the baby, then you let me know what uh, snack you want after mass, and I'll buy it. So. I'm on for that. So you're bound. I'm bound. Hey, well, I'll shout out to um, Anne from Virginia and Kendra, I think, from Wisconsin, um, two Christ in the City missionaries who recently registered to be parishioners at Our Lady of Lourdes. Wow, well I was done. proud of it. You know, nobody in the these young people they don't register. True. This was big. That is. I big. was very impressed. Nice job. Um, yeah, I mean, that's. I would say I don't think I ever registered at a parish. I don't know that I did either. So um, I did now. So I'm officially a member of St. John of Arc I don't know if I'm still. Oh, I got to talk to Father Brian. That's about right. You could be a parishioner. You could be the 858th, you know, parishioner of, of Lords. Uh, family or whatever. Dear Catholic Stuff Fathers, on the occasion of the 10th anniversary of the podcast, we want to write in Thanksgiving for all the podcast has brought about in our lives. We have many fond memories over the past few years listening to the podcast. Um, A copy of Jazz Loon has even made its way into our hands. Some of our favorites are White Sand Interlude and Breezing Along. Did you notice that track has the same chords as Incomplete and Insecure by the Avid Brothers? No, I did not notice that from Jazz Loon. Know of our prayers, Annie Donovan and Andrew Weirdak, former Focus teammates and current co-workers at Baylor Catholic. Oh, right yeah. There. All right. So Baylor Bears. Focus for life. Vision for life. Vision. And for, there they are. With and the, they sent us beaver nuggets. With the loon and the... Well, so can you blend a track, do like a remix? Which I just have to say, I shared the beaver nuggets with the coronavirus self-quarantined guys. I hope it was so, a sealed package. As I was driving away, I threw it over the fence at them. And they were like, what, Beaver Nuggets? And I was like, stay alive. I will find you. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going anywhere near it. Okay. Okay, God bless y'all. All right. Thanks stay, for listening. Stay healthy and stay holy. Probably more important. Right. Laters. <laughs>